Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Ty Keens. We are going to be talking about behavioral economics today. Now, behavioral economics is really bounded in the theory of microeconomics, whereas I focus more on macroeconomics, at least when it comes to modeling. MMT would really, really benefit from proper mathematical behavioral functions on a uh, macro level. It really fucking would. Economists should be first and foremost professionals. They're doctors of the economy. The Tykeens podcast contains language that may be offensive to your sensibilities. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to the podcast. This week we're going to look at behavioral economics. Is it something we can apply to the macro? Can we apply math? Is this doable? Well, you can find out next. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Ty Keens. We are going to be talking about behavioral economics today. Now, behavioral economics is really bounded in the theory of microeconomics, whereas I focus more on macroeconomics, at least when it comes to modeling. Um, But I argue that um, behavioral economics can be applied to macroeconomics using system dynamics. And I'll get to that in a moment. Uh, but really, what, what is behavioral economics? Well, it's it's a psychological and cognitive um, behaviors in human beings. Um, it's, it's very much agent kind of based. Um, it's got bounds of rationality. Um, that's kind of the, the behavioral science um, in economics. Now, can you call it a science? Well, it's difficult. There's not a lot of math behind it. Uh, People have uh, tried to apply math to it. There's some famous people, um, a Nobel Prize winner, Daniel um, Kahneman, Daniel Kahneman, 2002 Nobel Prize winner um, based on behavioral economics. So that's kind of the topic I want to cover today, and I think it's very important. So I kind of come from the ecological, post-Keynesian, MMT school of economic thought, some sort of mishmash of economic theory there. Um, And a lot of it, like, so MMT is it's mathematical based in the sense it's stock flow consistent modeling. So you have your assets, your liabilities, and then your equity. And, you know, every one person's asset is another person's liability and vice versa. And so from that perspective, it's very mathematical. When you take it into the mathematical realm, your stocks are your ordinary differential equations, right? And the flows going into that, those stocks are your flows. So, you know, you spend money out of your bank account. That, that is a, a flow. If you um, get paid a paycheck, that's a flow. Um, and the stock is your bank account. And you can uh, define that using math with an ordinary differential equation. So that's there's there's that part. Um, we've got the, the limits to growth. So and then the ecological side that I really, really am passionate about. We have social systems that we model. We use system dynamics for that. And then we have post-Keynesian theory 
Um, Post-Keynesians, their math is pretty bad in my opinion. They really derive a lot of classical type economic math in their models using difference equations. And I, I question that that part of, of the post-Keynesian theory. Now, what I would like to do is really when I'm modeling right now, so I've got a, a pretty extensive model I'm building. Um, and in that model, it has behavioral equations on a macro level. Now, behavioral economics is really focusing on the micro level, so individual agents. But I suggest, and this is suggested by Steve Keen too, is that you can define macro definitions from macro. Well, I say you can define macro behaviors from macro. So look at it this way from a, a very scientific uh, point of view. Um, the general theory of relativity can define and mathematically explain the orbits of our moon or moons, if you know it's Jupiter, um, how our planets orbit the uh, sun, um, how if a, another gravitational body gets close and knocks off another body. Uh, from their gravitational rotation around the sun. The general theory can do that. Quantum mechanics, it, which is, you know, still really in its infancy in a lot of ways, um, could explain that too, but in a very difficult manner from a very small micro level. Now, if you can do it, uh, you know, eloquently, with the, you know, Einstein's general theory of relativity, why not just do it that way? And this is something I argue for um, macroeconomics and defining behavior. So I first really encountered this five years ago when I started f following Steve Keen and looking at his model, his financial instability hypothesis model, um, which was basically Goodwin's growth cycle model with a financial sector attached. And it had two behavioral functions in it. So very now and done in system dynamics, you have to remember that you can get complex um, outputs from a system dynamic model with very little in the way of complex equations. So in his model, he had two functions, behavioral functions, um, very basic. And he's done uh, versions where it's a linear function and a nonlinear function, uh, exponential function. So one of the functions was wage increases. So in aggregate, if there is less um, labor available for firms to hire, logically, you can make the assumption and you can look at data um, in aggregate, wages will start to climb. OK, that is a uh, behavioral function, uh, an aggregate human behavioral function. It's not uh, some abstract system. It's a bunch of people in aggregate deciding we, well, where wages need to go up. There's more demand and firms saying, OK, well, we, we want to get these employees in aggregate. Wages are going to go up. That is a behavioral function. You, system dynamics is a study of social systems in a lot of ways. That's why it's uh, really developed. So system dynamics applies to engineering. Um, you have programs like Simulink and you can do wiring diagrams and show the electrical feedbacks and systems, um, hydrology, right? Um, you can do all sorts of physical systems, but it also applies to behavioral um, social systems. 
So that was one of his functions. And his other function, which really goes to Hyman Minsky, was that when firms are making excess amounts of profit, they tend to take loan a bunch of money, extra money, and invest more. Well, there was a, an investment function Steve created, basically taking the stock of capital, fixed capital, and the profit and creating a profit ratio. As that ratio went up, um, it affected the function and firms would um, invest more and more and more beyond what they were making in their profits, so they take out loans. This was a behavioral function in aggregate. And this is something we need to define in our macroeconomic models and specifically models that are behaving in continuous time, not discrete time. I don't I don't do that type of fuckery math. I, I don't participate in it. I like continuous systems so we can see emergent behaviors in models that we wouldn't understand with a simple uh, mental model or linear regression. So that is um, kind of my view of how behavioral economics sh- should be. Now, trying to define each agent's um, individual behaviors, you can't use agent-based modeling to do that, but you're really restricted to a small micro system. You can't model um, the macro economy using agent-based modeling with behavioral um, functions. It's way too hard. You-, you couldn't account for it all. But what you can do is you can look at data in aggregate and fit curves. So this is a little bit of a traditional um, economic modeling where you're just fitting data and you get into linear regression, um, econometrics. Well, you can just, in system dynamics, I do that. I fit data to functions, and those functions influence the rate of change to stocks. And then, of course, I connect all those stocks to interact, right? And then you see emergent behaviors where um, in traditional economic model, you're looking at t- models, you're looking at three variables that aren't tied together that you're doing linear regression on and just creating a, basically a story from the past and trying to project it into the future with no really no real dynamics between how those variables act going into the future. Um, and hence why I use system dynamics. Um, and I'm very, very interested in behaviors on an aggregate level. I can't look at 8 billion fucking people um, and try to figure out the behaviors of each person and then, you know, build a national model and th- th- be impossible. I'd need a really a supercomputer. We're talking 1960s, fill up a gymnasium, modern supercomputer quantum computing. <laughs> so I can't do that. But what I can do is look at really all the big behaviors, um, how p- humans behave. So for instance, government spending. I know that's a touchy, divisive subject, right? But how do people in aggregate in a country be- behave when there's a bunch of government spending, right? Do they go out and spend more? You can look at those uh, the data points and d- develop behavior that humans do in aggregate. That is my idea of behavioral economics. Um, and that's where I want it to go. Because right now, as it stands, you know, Daniel uh, Kuhneman is just another quack fucking economist from the mainstream. Okay. Um, and he's focusing on loss aversions, right? 
projection biases, um, all those sorts of sorts of things, right? That really are embedded in the neoclassical view of economics. And it's all fuckery. What we need to do is take behavioral economics and really bring it into the fold of kind of institutional economics, which really uh, kind of folds really dovetails really nice with um, system dynamics. Um, And at one point it was a, a mainstream form of economics before about 1870 and walrus um that's what i I would really like to see and it's already applied in other types of social and ecological physical systems one example is the world three model um and the world or new earth for all model and the uh, world two model by jay forster um they're using behavioral functions um, in a lot of ways, to determine the use of, uh, use of physical um, commodities. Um, and this, of course, the world models on a global level. MMT would really, really benefit from proper mathematical behavioral functions on a uh, macro level. It really fucking would. Uh, that's one of my goals, you know, in modeling, you know, my national model, right? It's it's a bit of a gift, not just to you know ecological economics, but MMT too. Because as far as I'm concerned, MMT really lacks in behavioral uh, modeling from um, a mathematical perspective. Really good, you know, in the stock flow parts of things. Now let's apply some dynamics to those stocks. You know, a bank account goes up. You know, bank accounts in the um, economy private bank accounts go up well, what are the dynamics what are the behaviors in aggregate of individuals right so you can start to develop emergent properties because right now if you just say well bank accounts go up people will consume more that is such linear fucking thinking it blows my fucking mind because i can't believe people just buy into that and that is a phd level fucking economic fucking course essentially that's what it is yeah a bunch of uh, fancy math that doesn't have units attached to it which i've covered in other podcasts and i won't go back into that now um but really yeah i'd love to see behaviors put into um mmt right so mmt i'll go off on my mmt tangent right now is a great pair of sunglasses to observe our modern economies right it's you got to give them fucking credit right it is a good way to analyze and analyze where the money is where the money is and where it's going through flow so where the money is is stocks and where it's going through flows system dynamics you got your stocks and flows that's important but you also have auxiliary variables right and these are usually ratios and these ratios feed into what's called table functions and table functions are basically you got your input in one column and your output in the other column so you know if the well, hypothetical here if the um, private debt ratio is above 250 percent gdp let's say you would feed that into a table function that shows, okay, well, once it starts going above 200%, uh, people start re- reducing consumption. And I'm just hypothesizing here. I'm not uh, citing any da- data, right? So that function would then change the, the consumption 
um, flow right in the system. And of course, that would uh, interact. Um, bank accounts may increase a bit more, right? But then the firm bank, so household accounts will increase, but firms bank accounts go down. Okay, well, what happens when, uh, let's say, the ratio of firm bank accounts versus capital, real capital assets, what if that ratio goes down? What is the behavior of firms, right? In aggregate, and you can look at the data, you can plot this data out and create functions. That is fucking behavioral economics to me. Not what you go, go on, on Wikipedia and look up behavioral economics. What you read on that page, I don't, I don't subscribe to. It's all fucking gibberish, gibberish to me. And I, I'm not tooting my own horn, but I'm pretty smart. You know, I'm a pretty good, you know, whatever I haven't been formally educated in, I can educate myself in and come to logical conclusions. But there are some things in a lot of areas in economics where I'm just baffled. I'm baffled by, you know, the description of things, behavioral economics, the way it's presented now in economics. It seems pretty useless to me. There's nothing you can actually practically do with it other than write academic papers about people's psychological reactions in their brain to stimuli. Well, you just leave that to the psychologist. Don't, an economist isn't going to do a good job at that. They're going to pretend they can. Just leave that to the psychologist, right? What we can do is bring it into the macro realm, right? Look at just, you know, economists should be first and foremost professionals, okay? They're doctors of the economy, you could say. That's what they really should be doing is, you know, taking empirical data and prescribing medications for the economy. Not the way it is now, where basically it's 200 years of dogma or witchcraft, and you are basically cooking up stews, really bad stews with poison in them, and prescribing them to people or nations, regions, states, provinces, global areas. Right. That's that's kind of what's happening now. So first and foremost, economists should be professionals. Right. So that doesn't mean being academic and, you know, taking a couple extra courses in your Ph.D. on psychology. That shit's fucking hard. Just like physics, physics, physics is hard. Right. I, I'll digress here. I was showing my climate model. So I'm, I'm trying to adapt a climate model for my national economic model which has been very hard because you're looking at bounds in a global level and then bounds in a national level. Nonetheless, so I'm trying to integrate these this kind of separate module, climate module, on my national economy model. So I showed it to um, a physicist, an atmospheric physicist friend of mine. I'm not going to mention his name. Um, and, you know, he had some critiques for it, right? And it just goes to show that, you know, you can be a smart economist and like psychology. Um, but if you go to apply that psychology, maybe you shouldn't do that. So this physicist, and again, I don't want to mention his name because he was critical of my model, you could say. So I'm, I'm making some adjustments um, he said, you know, it's it's baffled um, atmospheric scientists um, how energy travels onto the Earth and then energy leaves the Earth, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 
Um, and it made me think, you know, despite, you know, how, how much I can learn, there are areas that I am just simply not good at. I'm not a physicist. I'm interested in physics. I love, you know, how did our universe start? Uh, climate change, atmospheric effects, right? Heat, radiation. I, I'm interested in it. But, you know, that's something that you really need to take to the PhD level to completely understand, formalize that you know, everybody, I think everybody has the potential to be great thinkers, but there are areas where you have to take that thinking and formalize it somewhere, right? And then not all the other, you know, the hard sciences aren't like the dogma of economics. You can go to a university, formalize what you're really passionate about, and you can become a great thinker or doer in that field. Um, so in a long story, what I'm trying to say is I, I'm not a physicist, but there are ways I can aggregate things and just create parameter constants based in reality. So maybe some fundamental constants and developed a climate module um, for my model, right? Without pretending like I know what physics is. Just like economists that are studying behavioral economics probably shouldn't be pretending they're psychologists, right? And a way to get out of that is to aggregate everything, look at the data, the empirical data, like you're a doctor, and prescribe a proper situation, right? So doctors, you know, they'll formalize a lot of their, you know, stuff that would be in the academic realm. But the first and foremost, they're a professional, you know, they're not trying to break the mold and discover new things. That's left to the scientists, you know, epidemiologists, you know, how do viruses start, et cetera, et cetera. How do they spread, right? Once that empirical data is, you know, published, peer-reviewed, um, it's put out and doctors can look at that data and then prescribe from there as a professional, just much like an economist should be a professional, right? I really go hard on those poor economists. I really do. I'm so sorry. You can find me on X now. It's no longer Twitter. Um, <laughs> it's no longer Twitter, but I'm going to keep calling Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at Ty Keens. You can find me on my YouTube. So eventually I will put the I put the podcast out first, right? So the audio podcast goes out on Spotify, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, all the podcasts. And then a few days later, I put it on YouTube. So you can find this stuff on YouTube at Tykeens. Um, if you want a professional connection, as I always say, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, it's a pretty dull platform, though tykeens.com. Please go there, download my system dynamic models, learn system dynamics before you learn anything else, because system dynamics is a multidisciplinary field. Anything you're interested in, you can really use system dynamics to model it. And then there is my Patreon, patreon.com slash tykeens. You can support me there for a very minimal $2.50 a month is the lowest package, right? That helps me devote time to modeling, right? I'm really trying, I'm like balls deep in modeling this um, national model that I'm building. Um, but each day it's about two hours I put into it because I, I day trade in the morning. I'm recording podcasts, I'm doing live streams, right? So I devote a little bit of time 
you know, the funding I get from Patreon helps pay, you know, the bills for me so I can devote that time to modeling so we can actually get a fucking realistic macroeconomic model that is adhering to the laws of thermodynamics. Because right now, economics does not do, behavioral economics does not adhere to any decent idea of what psychology is. Just normal economics is way off base when it comes to the physical world and thermodynamics. Um, I want to integrate all those ideas and make a cohesive model, right? And it's not not to predict a certain, you know, the U.S. economy, the Canadian economy, UK economy, the Japanese economy, the Chinese economy. It's not to do that. It's to put a national economy in front of you. And you can pull policy levers and see what really happens, emergent properties in that economy over time, right? Not exact uh, to get exact numbers, but what does the behavior of the entire system do, right? What uh, right now in the current initial conditions of, you know, post-pandemic um, to now, what are higher interest rates doing? What are the emergent properties, right? I want a model that can predict that, right? Not, you know, how many dollars and cents particularly that investors are going to make. Although you might gain some insight on where the national economy is going. Um, it's, it's really, I want it to be an educational tool, right? So we finally have an understanding of the system. A system that we fucking created and the behaviors that happen in it. We created it. It's not like we're modeling the fucking universe here. So we should... And we are, you know, it's funny, you know, I watch, you know, physics, physics documentaries and stuff. And that whole field is so much further ahead in economics being concise about what its predictions are, what its theories are. Right. Really. And we're dealing with the fucking universe, guys. The fucking universe. In economics, we don't have anything like that. I was watching this one documentary a few days ago. I can't remember what it was. Um, and, of course, you've got the James Webb Telescope. And it's kind of raised some new questions. And this one famous physicist said, and he, and he did this jovially, well, we're just going to have to go rewrite the uh, physics, physics books. And he said it with pride and happiness. Because it's exciting. We have a new paradigm. We're moving forward as a species in human understanding relative to the universe. And economics, that doesn't happen. There is so many little cult dogmas that any new discoveries are immediately attacked and critiqued and pushed to the bottom of the fucking barrel. I'd love to create a really complex model. Jay Forster did attempt with his buddies at MIT, a national model. Um, I've, I've looked at papers about it. It seems like it's, it's wrapped in a lot of neoclassical dogma itself, um, but it can be done. A very complex um, system dynamic model of an entire national economy can be done, and it can have emergent... Uh, properties. I just think it's very important when you're doing your behavioral equations, you're actually looking at the data, what's happened in the data and creating shapes for your functions instead of listening to the dogma, right? You know, dogma that has been really formed from past experience of individuals feeding into a certain cult 
economic cult and that cult evolving its thought over time from all these perspectives that are half-baked in a lot of ways, right? So, yeah. Anyways, that's about it this week. You know, like a journal to me each week. Um, like I said, find me on Twitter at Tykeens, YouTube at Tykeens. Find my website, tykeens.com, and support me on Patreon, please. Patreon.com slash Tykeens. We will see you next week. Bye-bye.